for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, uh, a wrestling podcast done by me, Sam Roberts, a wrestling fan. I'm a professional broadcaster. You can hear Sam Roberts' show on Sirius XM. But first and foremost, I'm a fan of pro wrestling, and that's why I do this show. That's why I share it with you. I like to talk about pro wrestling with pro wrestling fans and those of us who still like it, right? Those of us who still get a kick out of uh, what we see, and maybe I don't like everything, but I like most of it. You know what I mean? I like most of what goes on uh, in the world of pro wrestling. we got a lot to talk about in the state of wrestling. Of course, this being the last podcast before the big draft we got to talk about TNA moving nights. we got to talk about everything that happened on Raw leading up to Battleground. So much to get into. Katie Linendahl will join me. First and foremost, I want to talk to our guest this week, Carl Anderson. The last time we heard from Carl Anderson on this podcast, he was the machine gun Carl Anderson. He was uh, uh, in New Japan. He was doing indie shows. He was all over the place. Now, he is a WWE superstar. And uh, I got to talk to him. This is the first time I've spoken to him uh, or recorded a conversation with him since entering the WWE. I mean, I get so excited every time I see the dude because uh, he's made it and he's him and he breaks a lot of the negative stereotypes associated with being creative uh, in WWE. He's doing it. He's doing the thing. Uh, and so I wanted to talk to him about lots of stuff, about not being in NXT ever, about keeping all of him, everything that's him, his personality, his, 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 his catchphrases, his look, everything. Uh, uh, so much to get into with Carl Anderson, no longer the machine gun. So let's start this week, as we do every week, with our interview. Here it is, Mr. Carl Anderson. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Brother. Well, bust out. The B-double-L's, because look who's back on Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast, Carl Anderson. Bro, this is beautiful. I, when, when, you, when you said your name, I, I, I know Sam. I know Sam well. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, a lot's changed since the last time we talked, though. Brother, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm loving, loving life right now, man. It's, uh, it's, been, a crazy, it's been a crazy whirlwind change of schedule and life, but it's been uh, it, it's awesome, man. Yeah, I feel like when we talked a year ago, that was when you were in New Japan, but you were in town to do like an indie show in Jersey. Um, yeah. You know, we kind of talked about the idea of you going to WWE. And at that point, like it was something you wanted to do, but I don't think it was something that you thought would definitely happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, like, it, I said it a, a bunch. Like, basically, myself, Gallows, and AJ, we wanted to come to WWE. Well, 100% we wanted to. But this, we just figured the opportunity had passed by. 
mm-hmm. and we were happy doing what we did and we didn't want to beg anybody for anything and we just thought like man we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and we're going to keep you know new japan indie stuff just keep making as much money as we possibly can and if wwe comes along great but maybe it won't maybe it will then all of a sudden you know january or december of 2015 january 2016 my life just slips completely so how long were like the negotiations and and, and at what point did you realize that it was actually going to happen we know like we we were on like a five-week tour at the end of 2015 and and gallows and i started talking we're just kind of walking around at the new japan show and we're walking with each other and we're just talking about what we want to do where we want to go and all of a sudden, man, we got an offer from another wrestling company. And that's like, there was a big rumor of all that coming out. And it actually happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so we were like, well, do we do this? Do we not do that? Like, well, what should we do? So then all of a sudden, AJ gets thrown in the mix, and he gets that, all, that same offer from the other wrestling company. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, man, probably December 20th or the 21st, I see a 203 phone number call my phone. And I'm like, what is this? I answer it, and there's an offer from the WWE. And that's when... That's when life changed. And it's just like out of the blue, a Connecticut number pops up on your phone. You don't know if they have your. You don't even know if they have your number at that point. You and know, it, it, it was completely. It was completely out of the blue because, like, like we said, we'd completely written it off, man. And, and but it was all we ever wanted. And so when I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, what? What is this?" I answer it, talk for a second. I hang up with who? I hang up with who called me. I call back. Call Gallows. I call AJ. We get on a we get on a conference call. I'm like, what is going on? Then we discuss what's going on. I call that number back, and then the, the, the life changed, man. And and are you like was part of it? Like, look, you, because because right, like once you once you decide that that's your life, then you really invest in being Carl Anderson. Like, I don't think that you want to take this person that you've kind of built up across the world now. Like, you know the the the, the the Bullet Club and Carl Anderson and Gallows and AJ Styles all have these kind of names that you've spent all this time investing in because you decided to do that. Is it like super important to you that when you show up in WWE you keep what you built or at that point were you kind of open to whatever? You know, WWE is WWE. So I, I, I figured when we took the opportunity to, to go to WWE that Maybe there would be a name change, and you know, and if there was, man, we were fine with it because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a, it's a ch- it was a chance we thought to just get as global as possible. But in our, I guess, in our in our defense, or I guess for the in, in the positive way that we could look at it was that we we'd done so much cool stuff and so much, you know, big stuff with New Japan Pro Wrestling and. We got their names out there so much that the WWE decided that they didn't they didn't have to change our names and they didn't want to change our names and maybe that you know we had so many fans that recognized us as Carl Anderson, AJ Styles, and Lou Gallows that it'd be kind of silly to change our names. Is how I kind of looked at it, and uh, and that's a cool thing because I like I, when I the last time I talked to you, I just I was it was so cool to build that the Bullet Club to you know to what we built it to right to the point where we come to wwe and they don't even change our names man and they changed everybody's names so i mean bro you're on raw now dropping references to your hot asian wife it's like it doesn't get any better than that you know you're doing everything you're... <laughs> who would have thought i mean who would have thought that i even had the freedom like you know when i 
signed with WWE, all I ever heard from the you know from the negative people was you're not going to have any freedom to do anything. And like if you watch you, you watch this come out on Raw, you're seeing that all that stuff is just it's not true. You know? Right, right. <laughs> we're, you- we're getting to be us, you know. We're we're out. We, we're being ourselves, and it's just uh, it's been nuts, man. It's still kind of surreal. Yeah, and I mean you're you're not only do you get to drop the hot Asian wife thing, but then your beat up John Cena becomes this like viral thing. Where I had people like who I work with who don't who never watch wrestling coming up to me going, why does my like I keep seeing beat up John Cena on Twitter? What what is that? Yeah. <laughs> it just it just like it just caught on and it, and it was just like, you know a promo that we were going on going over backstage and like we're kind of doing it and we're kind of laughing and they're like let's just do that out there and if it comes out funny then it comes out funny if it works it works man it's safe to say I think it worked you know and. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the good thing about the hot Asian wife thing was, you know, that that was in Monday Night Raw in Columbus, which is about you know an hour and a half from my house. And uh-huh. she, was in the, she was like in the second row. So oh, it's awesome! It got me even. It got me even more over with. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know somebody in the second row is popping huge. <laughs> like, like AJ, AJ and Gallo's like, man. Like AJ goes, man. Listen, man. I, I got to tell you, man. You're, you're going to get me heat with my wife now. Cause I ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, because nobody else is referencing their spouses on. on I said, said, buddy, at that moment, I wasn't worried about you at all. I'm thinking about myself on that one, daddy. Yeah, yeah. Now, so is that one of those things, like, spur the moment? Like, do you realize, like, you got this promo worked out, and you're like, wait, like, come to me at Christmas, because I know I I can sneak in an Asian wife reference. Well, you know, it was just like we were were going back and forth with, you know, just, like, thinking about the promo, talking about the promo, and then, like, you know, like, wrap wrap some presents with my kids, and then, like, you know, Gal was like, you know, say something a little little flashier, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I should say something. (laughs) Oh, oh, snap, I got it, bro. Yeah. Nailed it. So, that's it. It's just just having the freedom to do it and, you know, not coming back and getting, you know, and and getting any kind of adversity for it. It's just, it's just, and the people liked it. The the crowd liked it, and obviously the beat-up John T the thing kind of went you know has kind of done have taken on the thing of its own that it's and like crazy man when you're when you're like this week on raw right when you're like on the ramp or wherever you were uh and yeah. john cena's in the ring and he's actually getting like the entire crowd like it blew my mind watching it right because the whole crowd is chanting cena it's not let's go cena cena sucks like for the first time in a long time everybody is chanting for john cena are you like watching that being like Oh my God! I can't believe like the story's working. Like, I mean, you have to as much as Cena deserves all the credit. Like, you can't be cheered like that unless there's somebody on the other side, which would be you. Are you sitting there going like, I can't believe how well this story's working? Yeah, it, it, it's like a, it's like it's a proud, sweet feeling because like you know that in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan is like a it's like a you know if you want to look at it in like a, a wrestling term, it's like a smart wrestling city. You know, it's yeah. A, the place where the Bullet Club or the club would be really over, and uh, like New York or like even Toronto, and um, and to and they, I guess they take it goes back to when we first debuted and we were you know attacking Roman and people were booing Roman all the time, but all of a sudden they started chanting Roman Reigns, like they started chanting Roman Reigns at these different shows, and like they weren't saying Roman sucks. And it felt like, are we, are we doing our job right now? And, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I, I heard that exact thing last night. It wasn't, it wasn't, let's go see and see and it sucks. Like it was flat, hard, yeah. Cena chance. And yeah. it was like, and Cena, of course, deserves all that. But, you know, some, he's such a global face that he's going to get that Cena sucks, Cena, Cena, Cena sucks stuff sometimes. But last night it was full fledged Cena. And, man, I'm getting chills talking about it now. I'm going to be pumped up, bro. What do you feel like when you find out that you're going to be working with Cena? Like already? It's pretty quick. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it's 
surreal, maybe, you know, yeah. it's just like we went straight to straight to Roman and Roman was the champion when we were, you know, when we were attacking him and beating him up and like, that's straight to the, that's straight to the, you know, that's straight to the top. And, and then I find out that we're doing stuff with John and it's like, this is, it, it just, it feels right because like, you know, we've always had like, you know, you know, man, I've always had confidence in myself and we've always had confidence in ourselves and we knew we could do it. And so, you know, and being here and getting this opportunity, it's just, uh, I'm glad that they're giving it to us, and I'm glad that I think we're 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 doing well with it. How did you end up uh, not taking a stop in NXT? Man, that is something. If uh, you ever get the Mister Levesque on the line, you could ask. Just <laughs> uh, something that you know it never came up in our contract negotiations, and it was it was never something that you know we were against doing because I I would have gladly if if they wanted me to or needed me to or, you know, whatever the WWE wanted me to do, I'd have done. Because right. I felt like if if they're going to give me this opportunity, I know that we can do it. And it's, uh, I would have gone, man. It's just, uh, it just never came up. It just when, when they called and, and offered me my job and they just, it never, NXT was just never an option. So are you, uh, do you have any thoughts about the draft coming up? Like, are you worried that, you know, either they could end up splitting up the club, or you do you have one show or another show that you want to be on in particular? Or are you still just riding this wave? I'm riding the wave, man. I I I it's I can't worry about any of that. And yeah, like people say that they're 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 you know not telling us, and that I have no idea about anything. Like you know, I I could be a big fiery baby face on Raw, and Gallows could be a, a big dumb heel on SmackDown. <laughs> <I never> know. <laughs> like, I hope that's not the case, but... <laughs> Could be. If it is, man, I'm ready to rock, you know? <laughs> and, like, the great thing is, right, all this great stuff is happening, it's all happening quick, but you also know that, like, we look down the line and Finn Balor is just sitting there, like, you haven't gotten a chance to work with Ferg at all. Ferg is, like, you know... I, I, and it's funny because I don't know anything. We we you know we had, we did some house show. We did a house show in Orlando. And we did Raw in Tampa, and I got to hang out with him, and I got to talk with him and see him. And like he's he's ready. Like it, it's time. I think I think they're probably holding off on him because there's such an upside to this brother that right. You know you, you don't want to bring something in and, and mess it up. You know and, and man Triple H knows what he's doing. And maybe he's holding back on him for the for whatever kind of debut he's going to have, and I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And when, and when you know, if there's an opportunity for, you know, for to work with us or if I get a chance to work against him, which would be even sweeter because we've got a lot of chemistry in the ring against each other. If there's, A lot of people don't even know that because, mm-hmm. you know, with the Bullet Club stuff. But he, uh, I, I can't wait to, I can't wait for him to get on the road with us. I'm sure it's imminently coming soon. Well, you got a big, uh, you got a big garden show coming up, right? Big Madison Square uh, Garden show coming up. Madison Square Garden's first time ever, man. I, uh, I saw it on the schedule and I was like, wow, man, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. The, the schedule, the schedule is, you know, it's intense. You know, from you know week to week, you kind of forget where you where you were last week because it's just it's a you know it's a lot of traveling. Right. And uh, but but this this one has pointed out, you know, this one stuck out in my head. You know, Madison Square Garden's coming up and. Uh, you know, it's one of the last arenas that, you know, in my mind that I have, you know, I've been in the Tokyo Dome and Ryogoku and I've been in all a bunch of sweet arenas, but I haven't been to Madison Square Garden yet. So well, the Madison Square Garden show is July 16th. So if you want to see, yes. uh, Carl Anderson at Madison Square Garden, it's July 16th. Of course, Battleground is coming up on WWE Network, uh, which, you know, of course you're in one of the main events. Do you, are you looking for way, do you want to get your Stone Cold impression on Raw somehow? Cause that's, that's, that's like the one piece of the puzzle <laughs> that, I, well, that I gotta there's see. 
here's the thing, Sam. You know, you know the the funny thing was it was in uh, we were in Phoenix and I was walking through the through the hallway and he goes and, uh, and this this guy po- I, I'm saying hi to the Spanish announce team guys and this this head pokes his head he goes you can walk by me, son. <laughs> I go I go no, sir. He goes you wasn't gonna walk by me, were you? And I said no. And no, of course not, man. Yeah, I give him a big hug. We haven't even met. We haven't met yet. <laughs> we, give, we give each other a big hug. He pulled me over to the side and he goes, "Man, tell me all about this run, about this bullet club. You gotta let me know all about this stuff." And then just we just we talked for like twenty minutes, man, and it was unbelievable. I got a lot of good material for my Stone Cold impression. <laughs> isn't it amazing? Isn't, isn't it amazing how much that dude loves wrestling? Man, just it's just uh, as I'm talking with him, it's just like man, it's just Stone Cold, man. He's just like wanting to figure. Out. He wants to just know, like you know, it, it, you know, because. He, he had a little history in Japan, and like he's asking me about, you know, my time in Japan, and and, and he couldn't believe that I've been there for so long, and the amount of weeks I had to stay there, and like he was just, it was cool, man. And he's just, he's, yeah, you know, he's, he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. He's the greatest of all time. <laughs> the only way that like there's only, like, you know, him and The Rock and, and John Cena is just you know they're different level. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, no. dude, uh, you got to uh, make sure you take another trip to the studio, maybe SummerSlam weekend or something. Brother, I look forward to it. I can't wait. Let's do it. I, I love seeing your success. I love watching every week. Like, And my wife is sitting, because, you know, my wife was there when you were up yeah. in the studio doing the podcast, and she goes, oh, my God, it's Carl. I go, yeah, <laughs> every time. I remember, <laughs> I remember, brother. Tell her I said hello. I will. Uh, I appreciate the call, man. Good talking to you. Hey, man, thanks, Sam. See you, buddy. Here is Sam Roberts. Loved having Carl Anderson back in uh, or back on the podcast. Hopefully we can get him in studio when SummerSlam is in town. Uh, And I am I am working on doing another live event SummerSlam weekend. We'll see. I don't have any details for you yet. We will see. I do have details. The podcast will be moving days. So we'll get into that. But speaking of SummerSlam. It's tough to get tickets to everything that goes on all weekend, whether it's SummerSlam, whether it's uh, uh, NXT at the Barclays, all the events. I got good news for you. SeatGeek is the first place to go to look for tickets to a game or concert. Uh, you can get the SeatGeek app right on your phone and uh, use it anytime you want to look for tickets. You can look for tickets now to all the stuff going on SummerSlam weekend. If you want to, I love getting tweets from you guys. I've I've gotten multiple tweets from very happy fans that go to wrestling shows and they use SeatGeek to get their tickets. Uh, Here is basically what makes SeatGeek so special. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and money. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit within your budget. If you want a front row seat and it doesn't matter how much you pay, they got you. If you want to find the best deal on a ticket anywhere in the building, they got you. Whatever you want as far as tickets go, SeatGeek has you. Best of all, no matter who you are, you're getting a discount because my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's huge. Get your $20 rebate on tickets. This is what I want you to do. Download the free SeatGeek app on your phone there. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SAM, S-A-M, promo code SAM, 
SeatGeek is then going to send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM, S-A-M, today. It's great, 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 great stuff. Uh, Lots of great, great stuff happening in the world of wrestling. I've heard that uh, WWE corporate headquarters is a Pokemon hotspot, which is very good to know. Because when I start running low on Pokeballs, I can show up outside WWE headquarters and they won't arrest me for stalking this time. However, I don't have time to do that right now because Katie Linnendahl is going to join this podcast. And we are going to get in to this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. And we welcome you back into the State of Wrestling. Uh, what a week of I feel it's always a week of wrestling ever. Uh, for, we've had a long period, you know what? We've been doing the podcast a year and a half or so, and there were some weeks in there where I didn't know what to talk about in the state of wrestling. <laughs> but I honestly, I don't remember the last time that was. It has been months and months and months since there was a week that wasn't action packed. Delightful. Del- <laughs> it's a delightful week of wrestling. Delightful. That's the delightful Katie Linendahl, of course, with me. Yeah, I just spent like a half an hour trying to, I had a, I should have just called you. Yeah. Because I was on like a rabbit hole. I couldn't remember what wrestler had this one sound effect. What sound effect? <laughs> well, try Googling. I was going, hoof, hoof. That's the berserker. Yeah, dude, Google that. What do you well, key in? You know, you and wanna... I figured out it on the subway and I was like, oh, it's the berserker. You and I get... wanted to share the joy and there was nobody around that probably cared. You want to get super nerdy? Yep. He took that, the hoof, hoof. He took that from another wrestler. I knew that you were thinking of Berserker because that was the WWF thing. When we were kids, we're watching Who did the Berserker. He take it from? Bruiser Brody. Wow. See, yes. Man. Bruiser Brody. He also the Bruiser Brody wore the furry boots before the Berserker did. What a ripoff! They really did. They put Bruiser Brody in a Viking helmet. That was their idea for the Berserker. It, yeah, they took John Nord, they put him in a Viking helmet, and they said, "You're Bruiser Brody, but we'll call you the Berserker." <laughs> <laughs> you remember what his finishing move was? Uh, it was the worst. Terrible. This was, in a, this was in an era of jobbers, so it was a little bit more easy to get away with stuff like this. His finishing move was a gorilla press slam to the outside of the ring. And so he like, was undefeated for a while when he first got there, but it was all via countout. He won all his matches from countout when he first started because that was his finisher. He would do gorilla press over the top onto the floor, and then the jobber would just be knocked out, and he'd just march around the ring holding his wrist going, Hust! 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 Until the referee was done counting to 10, that would be the end of the match. It was the most you know, anticlimactic nonsense. All the massacre stuff that you could pull from the Viking era. And right. We go with a count out. Count out every but time. that's also why I respect your wrestling knowledge, Sam Roberts. Another episode of Wrestling Challenge, another Berserker count out. And yeah, you got to respect that. <laughs> that's, How, that's good. Did I have any knowledge that you were going to come in here and drop a Berserker reference? <laughs> of all the wrestlers for me to give you a little oh. trivia about the Berserker, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I that's don't know. impressive. That's why, I, that's why I love having you around because you're like the one person on earth that's like, I respect that you know that. Hands down. Yeah. That WWE trivia game that I presented to you one day. When we were watching the pay-per-view? I, I mean. And I was just, I was literally. I can't even express. Like most people are like, oh, I wish I would be lucky enough to watch a pay-per-view with Katie Linendahl, some cute girl that watches wrestling and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there going, you're an idiot. You don't know the answer to these questions. You're so stupid. Why are we even talking? Like, just berating you for not knowing the, you know, hometown the, of Papa Shango. Especially the classic era. Yeah. There was, like, oh. the classic era. 
The Attitude Era. The Attitude Era. And one more. And I probably, I don't think they would have called it the Ruthless Aggression Era. It was whatever the mixed bag era. Current I don't era. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were killing it. Classic era. Yeah, I'm real good. Attitude Era, I'm pretty good, too. Actually, I'm good oh, at all You eras. didn't miss one question, Sam. Yeah, you're I probably right. I hate to give you that, but you didn't miss one question. You're probably right. What was your highlight of the week in terms of pro wrestling? The cross-faced chicken wing. How great. What did I tell you? The minute that you get Bob Backlund and Darren Young in the same building, magic. Was it not magic? I almost thought he was going to, like, pull a hip. Bob. Yeah. Well, he picked him up. I know. Bob Backlund is freakishly, weirdly strong. And just freakishly weird. He's very, very strange. But he's like, he never stops working out. So he just keeps working out. When I had him up here to interview him for the podcast, he was like, we're on 50th Street and or 49th or whatever. And he had something to do way downtown. I mean, like a like like a long way away. And he goes, no, I think I'll just walk. And it's like five o'clock in the evening. He's just going to walk the whole way miles to his next appointment through the city. I think I'll just walk. I don't know so much if I respect that as so much that's a time burglary. Like he take he, the subway, man. No, yeah, he he's known like I know in Connecticut. But I do where respect he lives, that he works out that much. How old is he now? What like he's got to be in his sixty four sixties? Yeah, easily in his sixties, if not later. Um, but I mean, he walks everywhere. He walks for hours. He does his his Hindu squats all the time. He does his everything, everything. Sixty six. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's like weirdly freakishly strong. Um, and I, I, I was a little disappointed by Darren Young's reaction, though. How do you mean? I feel like it could have been way more over the top. Yeah. Darren Young's a quiet guy. Yeah, but that was just who thought Darren Young was legitimately going to win. That? Exactly. Exactly. And I think this is this is his first run that, that what we saw on Raw is the biggest thing that's ever happened in Darren Young's career. Correct. It was like somebody hit the pinata and the pinata finally broke and then it was just like a piece of candy. Like, do something, man. Right. I mean, the only other stuff he's done, he, of course, he was in the original Nexus, but that came and went so fast. Like, Nexus had a moment. Wow. Nexus had a moment and then that was it because they screwed the entire thing up. He was in the primetime players, but the primetime players never really went past that middle ground. You know what I mean? There, like, was, a, there was like a couple weeks where you thought they were going to get a real push. And then they just didn't. Yeah. Um... And so now, I mean, they're not Breezango. <laughs> well, who should be called Febreze? Febreze. But uh, this is by far the biggest thing. I love that they're doing this, too. I love that in a time when they're bringing in all these new people, right? In a time, you just heard we had Carl Anderson on the show today, but they're bringing in, they have a roster that has Gallows and Anderson, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Uh, Finn Balor's waiting to come up. Like, you know, a world of talent. They're still remembering we've had all these guys in the cut just sitting there waiting that have put their dues in in the WWE for years and years. So you end up with great moments from people like Darren Young, from people like Zack Ryder. I mean, think about how big that is. At Battleground, it's not SummerSlam, but it's still a pay-per-view. At Battleground, who gets the U.S. title shot? Zack Ryder. Who gets the Intercontinental title shot? Darren Young. But I challenge you, the excitement was quickly deflated on mm-hmm. my end when mm-hmm. I was like, I, I would have rather chose three other people to face this <laughs> battleground. So you're After like, the reality set in. Right. So you're like. The and sup- Bob Backlund was, you know, went to commercial break. I was like, 
the, su- the surprise has you. And you're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. And then you go, wait, am I going to watch a pay-per-view match between Darren Young and The Miz? <laughs> <laughs> wait, do you mean Darren Young and Maurice? That'd be more exciting. I don't know. I love seeing guys get opportunities. You know, I, I, I'm all for that. I always, that I'll hand you. I always get excited. But so. if he would have been more excited about it, I would have been more excited. I get that. It's infectious. I, he does have to. Well, that's why Bob Backlund's with him. They're like, you, Darren Young's not going to be able to yeah, pull this off. It was as if Bob Backlund won. Right. Well, maybe it is. Bob Backlund's not done making Darren Young great again. He's in the process of making Darren Young great again. Mm. You know? Mm. And that's you're right, Katie. You do need to point that out because that's one of the steps in making Darren Young great again. Yes. Be happy. Emote. Yes. Emote! Emote. Can I tell you who, not to be tangential here. Tell me. Can I tell you who emoted to me directly several times this week? You mean... In the DM? No, no. I, oh, oh. I've learned my lesson with the DM. It goes down in the DM. I didn't know that, Sam. I thought this was a nice way of saying hello. Let's be <laughs> friends. And you you steered me. I mean, I didn't have. There's literally a very, very popular rap song called It Goes Down in the DM. Have you heard it? What's wrong with just with saying hello? <laughs> You've lost the right, Katie, unfortunately. You've got a lot of things going for you. <laughs> I'm still in Catholic school. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? That's how everybody's visualizing you, too. So. Uh, <laughs> the show's reached an all-time low for myself. Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. You were going to say oh, emoting oh, to you directly. Guess, guess who I've been sharing conversation with that I fear? Who? Broken Matt Hardy. Oh, my. I did see TNA hooked you up with the, uh, with the retweet. They quoted your tweet. Yeah, you know, we get we get retweets and tweets and it's often, fun. but there's nothing like I I haven't I, been I, this excited for like a uh I, I can't explain it. I did. Like, Katie, I felt like I was like my seven year old front row with a sign self again. Katie respects uh, my life as a professional broadcaster because she also broadcasts. You know, she is a person. That's she's true. on TV. She knows that whatever. So she generally doesn't uh, disrupt me while I'm doing my show live. Never. She sends me a text right at midnight. Twelve oh one. Right or at you know right before. While my show was on, my phone goes off, and I just look down at it, and the phone lights up, and it's a text that just says, Broken Matt Hardy tweet! Because <laughs> Katie was so excited the Broken Matt Hardy had tweeted her. What were you guys talking about on Twitter? But it's also like we spend so much time around people. Like To be that excited about like anything, like anyone, rather, right, is right. Like, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. What were you guys talking about? Uh, first, we talked about... I was complimenting him on his his new language that he created, which I said was more difficult than both Elvish and Dothraki combined. Wow. And he said, uh-huh. I forget. <laughs> but it was fun. But it was good. He said it was. It, he was forging a language to live for ever. <laughs> That's what it was. That, and then I also let him know that I was stressing out and I was purchasing a belated birthday present for Maxell. Yes. And he said, that's very sweet, but don't screw it up or you'll be deleted. <laughs> no, not deleted. 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 That's very good. That was very deleted. good. Deleted. Deleted. <laughs> we need to delete the berserker. Should we delete? Who needs to be deleted? Ooh, is this a new segment? Who, yeah, yeah. Who do you delete? How much time do we have? Like in our personal and professional lives <laughs> or like in wrestling? Who needs to be deleted after that New Day Wyatt's segment? Oh, Dude. Did you cringe? You didn't even want to talk about it. You didn't even want to talk about it. going there? You didn't want to talk about it. did not. What was your thought when you saw it? 
they're not really doing this. Because remember, I told you last week. No, and you and you were like, you were like, I don't think they would really do that. And I go, Katie, they're just doing their own version of Final Deletion. I thought the only thing, yeah. and I, we, you know, you and I are both obsessed with Final Deletion mm-hmm. and the production quality of it, top down. But it did make you for a second potentially think that uh, I, I didn't like that it wasn't that live aspect. Mm-hmm. But I, but it could get away with it because it was so bizarre and it was Final Deletion. But it was oh, oh Final Deletion, yeah. But now watching, having watched the Wyatt uh, New Day thing, I'm like, I don't want to see this. Right. And we love I, New Day and we love the Wyatts. They're like our two favorites, both of us. It was like. Plus, it was like they did. They put like a nice filter over it and the production quality was way better. And I was like, I don't want good production quality. Remember when we had Wade Keller in here and we were talking about 50 50 like booking? Yeah. And how, you know, nobody's booked to be stronger or weaker than anybody else? Yeah. I watched a fight at the New Day house that was 50. I mean, at the Wyatt house that was 50 50 booked. It was like, who came out on top? If anything... I spaced out, to be honest. If anything, the Wyatts jobbed at their own house. Like, they did not get the upper hand on New Day. And you can't convince me that they did. Was there any bottle rockets? No bottle rockets. Senior Benjamin tweeted that he was too expensive for the Wyatts to hire. He did not. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Matt Hardy uh, said, apparently there needs to be some interpromotional deletion. He did not. He completely acknowledged it, as he should have. Because that was 100% inspired by the final deletion. There's no way it wasn't, right? After you said it and brought it, I mean, now it's kind of obvious. But But even if I hadn't said it last week, like if it had just happened this week on Raw, wouldn't you have watched it going? I just don't understand your rationale in doing that. Right. Why even, you're so on top. Why make a move like that? Right. Do something unique. Final deletion because everybody's talking about it, but we could do it better. And it's like, that's not, you didn't get what was good about it. Like, there was no... They, there is no replicating that either. No. Plus, you took the humor out of it. That was the whole part. Right. You took the humor and creativity out of it. It's just Braun Strowman doing snow angels in a mud pile. Like, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing at all. And you mean to tell me that, like, look at the Wyatt family. They're massive. The New Day, like, they like to goof around. They're at the Wyatt's compound. The New Day pretty much, if it wasn't for all the other Wyatt, mysterious Wyatt people and all the headlights and stuff, the New Day, I would say, got the upper hand. But again, it was 50-50 booked, so it, it ended up being like, it got us nowhere. It literally got us nowhere. Are we... What is the conclusion of that? Exactly. Does the story... So it was announced that the New Day and the Wyatts are going to do a six-man tag at the pay-per-view, a battleground. Well, uh, In a ring, though. That's kind of obvious, right? You kind of saw that coming yeah. without this. So I don't know what on earth you would walk away from that Wyatt New Day segment with. Like what What do you walk – what What part of the I'll story is – I'll tell you what is, I walked away with. Yes. I, while watching it, I realized how much it was trying to be like the final deletion. And then I thought of Senor Benjamin and I bought seven of his T-shirts. You, you went to PWTs? Yes, I did. That's what came out of it for me. And just ordered a bunch of scenes. They're beautiful. Yeah. You know what this needs? More Senor Benjamin. Come to think of it, you know what my wardrobe needs? More Senior Benjamin. That's right. <laughs> Bot seven. Got you in, Sam. I appreciate that. Not you a know, problem. You know I'm a Senior Benjamin fan. Huge. Um. Yeah, I was really disappointed that that had happened, and I was just sitting there, and I felt silly, right? Because I was thinking about the fact that months ago, and we'll definitely talk about Brock Lesnar, 
But months yeah. ago, I made a video about what to do with Brock Lesnar after UFC 200. And, you know, you always tell me. It's the same thing with Roman Reigns. I always, you always tell me, and I always catch myself, and I say, I'm not going to do it again, and then I do it again. A month ago, I was sitting there saying, give Bray Wyatt Brock Lesnar after UFC and have Bray Wyatt win. Like, it would just be enormous for everything. And instead, Bray Wyatt is wrestling in the mud with New Day and getting beat in his own mud. It's his mud, and he's getting beat there. And I was, I go, okay, you know, that, that really made me feel ridiculous. I wanted to delete the video off YouTube. It's like, will somebody get the hope out of this kid's eyes? Like, it's not going to happen. Wait, I actually see that in the complete opposite, though. Like, I, I think your idea is way better. I do, too. But it makes me feel pathetic because it makes me feel like, oh, I hope that one day. And they're like, that's not happening. Stop trying to make the Wyatts a thing. The Wyatts aren't a thing. But if they were smart, they would make the Wyatts I know. A thing. I think so, too. I think so, too. There's just so much potential in the characters. It's compelling characters, but it's just not happening. You know? Like, I wouldn't, watching that, I don't think that the New Day has any reason to be afraid of the Wyatts because they kind of— They should have went in there and egged the house and, like, toilet papered it. Right. Either, pulled a New Day something. Right. Do something. Like, New Day can go in and play pranks. Like, here's how you produce that segment. You're, that's a great idea, Katie. Like— have New Day go in, right? Uh, Kofi and Xavier, uh, Kofi and Big E are egging the house and throwing TP. Xavier is staying back because he's scared, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a dark hand grabs Xavier, and he's off screen. Now the New Day is all having fun, and they look around, and there's no Xavier. And then Braun and uh, Rowan come out of the shadows and go like, oh, were you looking for something, boy? Well, they wouldn't say boy because that would be racist. But they go, are you looking for something? And then, uh, where's Xavier? Then Bray comes from behind them, and now the three of them beat up the two of them. Where's Xavier? And you could—you don't even need Xavier to do the kidnapped angle. But you that's how you like that. introduce that, right? At least that's something. At least there's some kind of creativity. And let the New Day have the upper—I mean, let the Wyatts have the upper hand. Somebody gets the upper hand, at least. There's no reason to go to the expense and take the time to do that whole thing if nobody leaves with the upper hand. Who's got the upper hand in that feud right now? There was no kidnapping at the end of that? No. Yeah, that, yeah that's a great idea. It looked like it was going there, but there wasn't. They were like, oh, they got Xavier. And then Xavier got up. <laughs> you go, oh, maybe they didn't have Xavier after all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just wasn't good storytelling. No, it went over like a lead balloon. And I love all six people involved in that thing. Me too. And I'm super curious about uh, what's going to happen to Luke Harper. We'll talk about the draft, but that's something to consider. Um, while we're on the subject of TNA and the final deletion, TNA announced that they are moving. I think this is very obvious in response to SmackDown. Impact is moving from Tuesdays to Thursdays. So Impact is going to be back on on Thursdays on pop, which I think is the right move. You know, I don't think TNA is in any position to compete directly with WWE. Uh, I think that they need to present themselves as an alternative. And in order to find eyes for the alternative, you can't have it programmed against them. I was glad that pop TV recognized that because that's uh, WWE announces SmackDown's moving to Tuesday and impact goes, Oh God damn it. What are we going to do now? Thank, thank the Lord yeah. that Pop TV was smart enough to say, okay, you can have Thursdays instead because you're right. That really puts us in a bad position. 
Yeah. Know, so they'll be out yeah. on Thursday. So now you're looking at Monday and is Raw, Tuesday is SmackDown, Wednesday is NXT, Thursday is uh, Impact, and Friday you can watch Lucha Underground on iTunes. <laughs> It's a good yeah, week of wrestling. Yeah, full week. Five good week. days. Yeah, yeah. Maybe on Friday you can spend the evenings catching up on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. There you go. Whatever you do. Friday's your day. I give that to you. You want to catch up on other promotions? Fine. Catch up on podcasts? Fine. But Monday through Thursday, you're booked, baby. Yep. Wrestling every night. I love Wrap it. Wrap it with a bow. I love it. I love it. Um, a big part of Raw that jumped out at me, I wanted to get your opinion on it. I talked to Carl Anderson about it in the interview. Um Cena's surprise appearance, which is very cool. And again, it speaks so much to the character of John Cena. Yep. That this is a guy, he was legit in SB rehearsal that afternoon. So he got on the jet, flew to wherever they were. I'm assuming, where were they were? Do you know where they were this week on Raw? I don't know. But SBs, I think, are in LA. So he got on the jet. He flew there. He did the segment. He's flying back to do the ESPYs. The ESPYs are on are are uh, tonight. If you're downloading this, the day it comes out on Wednesday. Um, I, that's amazing. I mean, who has that kind of? Uh... That was actually one of those moments. I completely agree. I actually used to work on the ESPYs when I worked at ESPN. So and you know what a, kind of production it is. It's a production, and it's only grown since you were there. Yeah. 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 I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, I thought. It was very important to note that for the first time, I mean, probably in years for the first time, uh, uh, John Cena comes out. And what was the crowd reaction? Did you notice the crowd reaction? I thought they were kind of hot on him. They were going, Cena, Cena, Cena. There was no, let's go Cena, Cena sucks, let's go Cena. No, it wasn't split. It was like, no, we're all John Cena fans. He's the man. We're all cheering for him. And... I think that that goes to uh, John Cena being as good as he is and people recognizing it. And uh, and I guess uh, 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 I, in Detroit, right? Detroit. So he flew from L.A. to Detroit. John Cena uh, giving get, being as good as he is. But also, I mean, let's give credit to the club. Let's give credit to Gallows and Anderson. Who and A.J. Styles. Who have been effective enough heels that that they were able to get John Cena cheered. That you actually are booing them for the right reasons. Because that's not happening with everybody. You know, we talk about that. Like, I keep talking about the role that Seth Rollins has in this Roman Reigns thing. That Roman Reigns is not being set up to return to cheers whatsoever. At no point do I sit there going like, oh, yeah. Seth, I can't wait till you get your comeuppance. I go, oh, good. Finally, somebody's telling the truth about Roman Reigns, you know, as a character. So watching the AJ Anderson and Gallows storyline play out with John Cena, it's great to see him get real good guy reactions. And to know that that's still possible. Because I wondered if it was. I wondered if wrestling had just changed. Detroit thing? No, because Detroit's, Carl Anderson commented on this, Detroit's a pretty smart wrestling town. Detroit's not an easy crowd. You know, Detroit is is one of those East Coast, you know, it's not Philly, it's not Boston, it's not New York, but I, it would probably go like, I would probably say Philly, Chicago, Boston, New York, and then Detroit's probably right under that. I, I, well, that's I, respectable. Yeah, I wouldn't say Detroit is an overly Markish, if you will, town. Well, I think it's a pretty smart wrestling crowd, so it was really cool. 
to see people chanting for John Cena. Who would have thought? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think it seems like I would imagine. So I had Jason Ellis on my Sirius XM show and he knows the MMA world very well. And he's very anti Brock Lesnar. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Brock Lesnar is a perceived outsider and he's beating up MMA guys. But he thinks that Brock Lesnar knows that he probably got lucky and is not going to fight again. I would think that Brock Lesnar has too much pride to not fight again in UFC. I think Brock Lesnar, now that he's won and won decisively, even if he was just kind of smothering him and hitting him, that's a strategy. Oh, that was, but. And the takedowns were, yeah. Three rounds. So so I feel like. Annihilated him. Even though his opponents are only going to get tougher, which is a risk. I do think that Brock Lesnar will continue to fight in UFC. What do you think? You watched the show, uh, the fight with me. It's a tough call. Yeah, it is tough. I, I gotta and say, he's not he a young guy. So good, though. He did look amazing. But some people say, <laughs> I think he got drug tested by WWE and that's why. But UFC, he didn't go through the usual doping charges for UFC. That's not true. So, so Yeah. I thought he was going through, oh, because it was months back. Exactly. But then they were pushing him through hard. Yes. I mean, he was like. Yes, yes, yes. But he didn't get through months back. But yeah, I, I don't think he was on steroids. He couldn't get away with doing steroids and be in WWE. Um, yeah, I, I, he's not a young guy, but he did look amazing. In terms of like fitness level compared to Hunt, I thought he was just superior. Well, you were watching the whole UFC show commenting on whether or not everybody had abs. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's the same way you watch most wrestling shows, actually. That's true. That's why you can't enjoy indie shows anymore, because none of the guys keep themselves in shape. <laughs> just, isn't that like a, a, shouldn't that be the common denominator? I guess. Amongst or, any job of which you're getting paid for physical activity? Am I, call me crazy. Why am I the one that's like nuts here? That's why almost my entire body was covered when I wrestled my battle royal. <laughs> none of those comments coming from Linendahl. Nope. Nope. As far as you know, under all these clothes, I am an Adonis. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Trust me. Um, yeah, yeah. But so you don't know if he'll be if he'll fight again in UFC. What's the, what's the latest? Nothing. Dana White did uh, not Dana White. Brock Lesnar had a press conference, and they said, "Will you fight again?" And he all he will say was, "I am committed in August. August, I'm committed to fighting Randy Orton." But Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants. That's what he said. He will not say right. whether or not he's fighting. Um, but my gut would say that as a guy who's as competitive as Brock Lesnar is. Your gut would say Diver Tickerlatus sucks. My gut would say, thank you for working me out so hard, Sam. This is why we look so good. I love Jimmy John. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, uh, Brock will be back in an octagon. Because, because There's too much leverage to be used there. There's too much leverage, and you do not get out of being in the WWE what you get being in UFC. You know what I'm saying? Like, winning a fight for the UFC is a totally different thing. It is real competition. It is gladiator style. It is... is, Those to me are modern gladiators. Yes. Yes. It's combat. Whereas WWE, you can put on an amazing performance. And that's different. Honestly speaking, how many times did you think, like, the lights were going to go out and The Undertaker was going to come on during that fight? I did not, but I know you did. You didn't think, like, his... You weren't waiting for, like, dun... Like when his music even kicked on, like his entrance, you were like, wait. Where's the pyro? Yeah. Who's doing the music? You screwed it up, man. Who's doing audio? Where's Paul? Right. Right. I don't understand. Where's the advocate for the one who put the one in 21 and 1? Yeah. Um, But I also, I think 
that it could be pretty unprecedented because I, I think that they'll try to work out a way. It seems very mutually beneficial, especially if Brock Lesnar continues to be the draw that he is. He's got to keep winning UFC fights in order for it to continue yeah. to be beneficial. But it seems mutually beneficial to WWE and UFC. I'm sure UFC enjoys having fight highlights on Monday Night Raw, and I'm sure WWE enjoys having SummerSlam commercials on UFC. This is a very unprecedented thing. It's a reciprocity right there. And the idea of Brock Lesnar headlining big UFC shows and big WWE shows is pretty amazing. He was the highest paid, you told me, right, in UFC? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're saying the original estimates were $2.5 million. Yep. They're saying he may have he may have made closer to ten. What? Because of uh, pay per view buys, because of bonuses, because of all that stuff. And honestly, he's worth it. He's worth it. He people buy pay per view to see Brock Lesnar. You know, they do. You did. You know it, right? You wouldn't have. Well, you might, but maybe, maybe not. If Brock's and not it was on that a lot card. easier, as you noted, than the purchasing the Mayweather fight. You had uh, to like make a phone call. Exactly. I didn't even know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dial. There's numbers on it. I don't understand. They're like, please hold yeah, for I don't, four hours. I don't have it in my contacts, though. Yeah, but hit a button. It makes no sense. Um, $10 million? Yeah. If if you have... If, I mean, if you compare that to a Mayweather payout, I mean, that's... But I, I'm not going there. I'm not having that argument. Yeah. Look, I mean, if UFC is making as much money as Plus they are... sponsorship? ...on pay-per-views, then I think that's all told. I don't know That's if it's why plus they sold for sure. four billion. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. If they're making the kind of money that they're making, then yeah, Brock Lesnar is responsible for a lot of those pay per view buys, and he's putting in the work to be responsible for another set. You know, if he hadn't put in the work and he had just lost, then the next time you announce Brock Lesnar's on a show, meh. But he put the work in, he put the performance in, and now when UFC announces that Brock Lesnar's uh, next fight is coming up, he just guaranteed you more tickets sold, more pay per views bought. So it's worth the money. So that said, what do you think the over-under is on Bray Wyatt beating him at SummerSlam? <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Yeah, well, I, I already <laughs> felt silly. I don't know why you had to. Could you imagine? It would have been so— Could you honestly, imagine? do you know how hard I will cheer if an RKO out of nowhere beats Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? Because it'd be like, it'd be the best of both worlds. Like, you'd be watching UFC going, the WWE guy won. And then you go to SummerSlam and you're like, the UFC guy lost. Oh <laughs> it's gosh. like everything is perfect. But I'm sure it won't happen. I mean, there's no way. Business-wise, it wouldn't make sense. No. Uh, I think it'll be good. I'd be afraid if I was Randy Orton. I feel like Brock Lesnar now remembers how fun it is to hit for real. So he's going to want to do that. Dude. Right? Anyone that complained of a headache after that match? Ugh. Think about Mark Hunt. Oh, oh. That was annihilation. Yeah. Look, it's an amazing spot for Randy Orton, especially at this point in his career. I mean, that's a headline. That's, that's good. But it's going to be a tough day at the office once the day comes. I'm really excited about the production value here, though. We bring back Maurice with Miz. Right. Do we ever see a shot at Sable coming back? I don't. Well, we saw her in the UFC. Yeah. I would think probably not. Oh, I don't think she's so good. It'd be great, but I don't think she wants anything to do with WWE. Probably not. I don't think so. I don't know what the fallout, what the uh, thing was, but I don't think uh, I don't think Sable wants anything to do with them anymore. What do you think of uh, this? Is big this week? The cruiserweight tournament starts, doesn't it? The cruiserweight classic. Yeah. Or is that next week? That's this week, right? Yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure to tell you the truth, but I watched the bracketology. That's why I bring. I it did up. that as well. Now. I like the production of that as well. It was good. 
Is there anybody? This is what we need to talk about. We're a week away from the draft. That's the biggest news. I feel like here's who's open in the draft. The Raw roster, the SmackDown roster, the NXT roster, the Cruiserweight Classic roster, and probably any other free agent. I think there's a good possibility we see a lot of new and returning faces after the draft. You know, you're talking about filling out uh, uh, spots. You're talking about building two rosters now. Um, I would hope that Breezango is not the team that gets split up because they just only because they hinted at it so hard on Raw. Um, I think that there's a likelihood that the Lucha Dragons get split up. I think there's a chance that Enzo and Cass get split up. Um, I don't know. Is there anybody? Let's start. Is there anybody in the Cruiserweight Classic, Katie, that pops out to you that you would like to see get drafted? Even if it's like a long shot? Yeah, sure. Zack Sabre Jr.? I don't think that's a long shot at all. Really? I mean, he's the best wrestler in the world right now. But in terms of actual business... He doesn't work well. You mean because Long he doesn't? Shot? He doesn't fit the WWE. No, no, no. Mold. Not the, on the complete opposite of the spectrum. Like I don't know business wise how. What, well, he's a free agent. Anybody that can work that cruiserweight. cruiserweight classic is a free agent. That's a guy. Zack Saber Jr. doesn't have a New Japan contract. Doesn't have a Ring of Honor contract. Doesn't have a TNA contract. If you don't have a contract with one of those three organizations, then you're ripe for the picking. I think. And so I don't think Zack Saber Jr. is a long shot at all. Um, Who's I, your pick? I would more than likely believe that Zack Sabre Jr. would end up in NXT in order to replenish the spots that we lose. I think we're going to lose a lot of key NXT spots, and I think some of the guys on the Cruiserweight Classic are going to be used for that. Honestly, do you know uh, Drew Gulak's been on the podcast before? I think Drew Gulak would be a great person to have around. Uh, I think it'd be nice to make it official with, like, Johnny Gargano. Could be an excellent addition to, like, a SmackDown. Tajiri and Kendrick are back. I would... Officially signed. I would love to see Brian Kendrick on a Raw or a SmackDown. I would love to see Brian Kendrick come back. Brian Kendrick, when he was the Brian Kendrick, and he was coming out with the leather jacket, with the studs and the leopard and stuff like that, I loved the Brian Kendrick. I thought he was great. I loved watching him. I loved his character. I loved everything about him. I was really bummed out that it didn't work out well. Uh, And I think now he's got so much experience that he could actually teach guys. Like, he's such a valuable resource. resource. And by the way, Tajiri is too. Um, I I could see either of them on the main roster. Uh, I would probably stick Tajiri in NXT. Maybe have him and Rhino be a team or something like that in NXT and have uh, uh, Brian Kendrick on the main roster. I would put him there. You know who there's something about? Ibushi? Yeah, I mean, Ibushi is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that going through? What's the deal with that? Well, he's in the Cruiserweight Classic. No, but I mean, like, long term. I think it will. I think he'll be, I think he'll for sure get signed. Uh, I But I, I want to see some of those long shots. I think they need more international stuff going on. I want to see, like, the Bollywood Brothers and Demac from Germany. I want to see those guys get signed. And uh, Gerv Sirah and <laughs> Demac. Oh, you just said him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people I don't know in here, to be completely honest. Good. I mean, it's an international thing. They said part of the, part of the bracketology is there were people that Daniel Bryan didn't know who they were. 
and he keeps up with That's everything. So I'm excited about that. Who? How about NXT? Who from NXT gets uh, drafted to the main oh, roster? Man. And by the way, we should mention here. Um, I've decided. Well, we've decided. Uh, the podcast is going to move to Thursdays. Yes. Because what we have to do is we have to tape a day in advance. Like we taped the podcast on Tuesday afternoon, late Tuesday afternoon, to get it out Wednesday morning. It just doesn't make sense schedule-wise otherwise. So what we're going to do is we're going to start taping our state of wrestling on Wednesdays so we can cover Raw and SmackDown. And that way every Thursday morning, after this week, every Thursday morning there will be a podcast. So next Wednesday, when this doesn't pop up on your podcast feed, that's okay because we're going to have a ton of draft coverage a week from Thursday. When the podcast doesn't pop up, know that it's been deleted. Right. Unless unless, unless Broken Matt Hardy deleted the podcast. Um, so who from NXT? That's a roster that you know very well. I think Bailey's a shoe-in. Okay. Do you think that the women will be on both rosters? After we talked about it so much, I think it doesn't make sense. I don't Unless think... you're going to draft up a lot. Right. I don't think it makes sense. I'm not convinced that that will stop them. But we talked about this. If if if, if you have, and we're not going to go through the whole lineup again, but if mm-hmm. you have everyone, even the Oscars and the Baileys of the world coming through, you could, if you're going to take a big group from NXT, there is some room there. Yeah. It's not heavy. It's not a deep bench. Right. It's not that heavy. And you've also cleared out NXT then. Um, but so you think Bailey comes up? Asuka. You think Bailey and Asuka both come up, even though Asuka's the women's champion? Oh, right. I forgot about that. Dang I mean, it's, it wouldn't be the first time. Like, Kevin Owens had the NXT yeah, title on Raw. Eh. You know, that, and again, by the way, it's like it, it's, it's Triple H making the NXT decisions and it's Vince McMahon making the WWE decisions. So Vince, if he wants somebody on the main roster, he doesn't care if they've got the title or not. It's happened multiple times before. You know, and, and, and if, if Asuka gets called up, she could easily finish her run in NXT while she's also on the main roster. That's happened before. Uh, but that said, do you still think that they bring up Asuka? I'm going to go. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Okay. Who else? Uh, your turn. Uh, I think Finn Balor is going to be a pretty high draft pick. Who else? Uh, I think. I wouldn't. Be surprised if Dash and Dawson end up on the main roster. What about a real wild card like Samoa Joe? I don't know. We talked know. about that briefly. I mean, I think he's definitely got a place on the main roster. Uh, I just feel like he adds so much to NXT. He's one of the guys. Is there more money to be made with him on the main roster? That's the question. Maybe there is. I got a shoe in. Yeah. American Alpha. To up the tag division. It's, that's got to happen. You I feel like so? we're a little short on tag. Especially if they split the tag roster. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, Dash and Dawson, for some reason, it just strikes me as them going up first. But I could see both teams going up, to tell you the truth. Um, who do you think? Tell me the co- a couple of names that are headlining Monday Night Raw after next week. Yeah. Maybe fantasy. I mean, you don't have to tell me like what you think is going to happen. That's your bag though. It's not about being right and wrong, but because it, now you're you're also putting up a Stephanie against Shane and it's I feel like the competition between oh, the two is, is brilliant. Should, I'm glad you brought that up too. I don't know if you saw this, 
But uh, on the WWE.com headline, uh-huh. you know what it said? What? The Yes Movement comes to SmackDown. That was the headline. Well, that's because she did the whole Yes thing at the... People are pretty much speculating. Is there like a symbolism there? But guess what? They deleted it right after. Because they were like, oh. It's been deleted. Right. So there's a good chance that Daniel Bryan is the general manager of SmackDown. Well, either way, she foreshadowed that with her yes celebration dance. Do you think that the slap was real? I don't think that the slap, that Shane saw that slap coming. He looked legit pissed off. Really? To me. I watched it a couple times. I'll tell you what wasn't uh, what wasn't uh, rehearsed was uh, Stephanie tripping down the stairs, but, <laughs> which I believe I've heard has been deleted from the Hulu feed. But um, she tripped down the stairs. Um, but yeah, I felt like that slap was not was not rehearsed or anything because Shane looked pissed when she did that. I, I don't know. I think they're both so good on the mic and they such great performances. I wouldn't even. They are good. So who do you got? Who do you got? So so Stephanie's got. I, but Stephanie's got Raw, doesn't she? She does. Right. So, well, so it said, what are you saying, though? It said the Yes Movement comes to SmackDown. Oh. So Daniel Bryan's got SmackDown with Shane. Okay. And Stephanie will have her own general manager. Oh, then that was a reverse. I see. Right. I think Stephanie was just doing it. And then the dot-com team was like, Daniel Bryan's coming. And they were like, shut up. <laughs> oh, sh- okay. Sorry. <laughs> um. So who's your who's your if you're forced to, who do you got? Because I'll tell you who I got, but I, I want to hear your yours first. Who do you got? But see, I don't think it's exciting for me to fantasy book this because I feel like it's going to be split in terms of. What do you mean? Just like if you're taking a well, let's say we got a world title on both sides. You yep. got a world title and WWE title. That means we do. We need to split the main event roster. You need to figure out who's going to be guiding these shows. Um. You need to figure out how many headliners on each show. You need to figure out what kind of storylines you're going to have on each show. Okay, you start it. I'll ice it. All right. So, originally, I had my Raw as John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. And I had my SmackDown as Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, and Bray Wyatt. But Bray is not that guy right now. You, you think that they're going to break up the Wyatts and push Bray? After what's going on now? No, I don't think they're going to break up the Wyatts. But you're just saying he's a strong push. He'd be, he'd be a strong one, guy. Two, three, okay. But here's, right. here's what I do think, or what I would do. You know, I would draft the Wyatts to SmackDown. The three that we see now, I would draft Luke Harper to Monday Night Raw. Harper, who we haven't seen in a while because he was injured. Mm-hmm. I would put Luke Harper on Raw away from the Wyatts. I, would, I disagree with that. I would separate the Wyatts that I way. I don't think he's strong solo. He's amazing solo. No, I don't think he has the mic. You, we, you and I talked about how important that is in the combination. He does. He just hasn't had it, right? Because he's been silent. But he does have it. I mean, the guy's a funny guy. He can do it. I think he's got a. I think he could be. Actually, I think he could be a good guy. That's a bold. That's a good one. Yeah. If he's just like, a, if he's just like a a, a big redneck. You know, and starts talking, and, and he stages. I mean, Brody Lee was a great singles competitor on the Indies, and Brody Lee and Luke Harper are one and the same. Their style of wrestling, their wardrobe, everything. So I think Luke Harper can be separated and put on a path to be a star. You know, I don't think I don't see the same thing for Eric Rowan and uh, uh, Braun Strowman. 
Uh, I'm not saying they're bad. I just think that their most valuable role is in the Wyatt family, whereas I think Luke Harper can actually do more outside of them. And I think if Luke Harper is still doing the Luke Harper gimmick, but he's on Raw while the Wyatts are on SmackDown, you can really do something with him. How do you feel about your other potential wild card? Which is? Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. splitting Cass and Enzo and pushing Cass. You know, everything's up in the air with those guys for me. Um, even the John Cena thing. At this point, I couldn't be, I can't tell you that I'd be shocked to see John Cena on SmackDown. Um, just because he's taking on more of a high school senior ambassador role mm-hmm. in the company. Um, you know, I, I they're really pushing Enzo and Cass hard as a team with John Cena. So I guess I wouldn't be I, I I could go either way, but I still think that the the vision for Enzo and Cass is for Cass to be a superstar. And I think that they may decide that the draft is the time to push forward on that. Because it's the most natural separation without having to create an Enzo versus Cass feud. If you separate them, then you can push Enzo without burying Cass. Uh, you could push Cass without having him beat Enzo uh, via the draft. If you make them break up as a team, then one has to be a good guy, one has to be a bad guy. They have to fight, and Cass is just going to destroy Enzo. And so I think if you do it via the draft, you can save a little bit. Do you keep the club together? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I keep the club together. You know what? Let me correct my, my, my headliners. I take out Bray Wyatt, my headliners for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a hell of a show. Are Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor. Now that is a show. You've got the club with AJ and Ferg on SmackDown. That's a show. Then on the other side, you've got your mainstream. You've got your Roman Reigns. You've got your John Cena. You've got your Seth Rollins. I think if you're looking at two shows where you've got AJ with the club, you've got Ambrose being Ambrose, you got Finn Balor on SmackDown. That's an amazing show. On the other side, you got John Cena. you got Roman Reigns. you got Seth Rollins. That's an amazing show. And let's keep in mind, too. Raw's a three-hour show still. SmackDown's two hours. Raw needs more star power. Raw needs John Cena and Roman Reigns. So both. where do the Brock Lesnar's of the world get thrown? The Here, wild cards. I personally. And even like, I, I, t- I tag that with, like, where's Big Show and, and Mark Henry who are, you know, not consistent? Where do they get thrown? I think they'll get drafted. I think Big Show and Mark Henry will get drafted. Okay. Um, I don't think it matters which side, whichever side, whatever. Uh if I'm in charge, I am not drafting Brock Lesnar. I say Brock Lesnar is a prize fighter. Brock Lesnar signs, you know, take that press conference that Brock Lesnar did after UFC 200. When he said, all I know is that in August I'm wrestling Randy Orton and that's all I've got confirmed. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. The Brock Lesnar character should be a character that fights via one fight contracts, meaning mm. that. Brock Lesnar is on whichever roster his next fight is on. And because he's inconsistent, because he only wrestles every few months, you're not going to have brand uh, uh, confusion. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Like, I would not draft Brock at all because there's no reason to. I would keep Brock. You're going to keep him out of the picture completely? Of the draft. You just not even bring it up? Well, I may bring it up. I may have Paul Heyman say something to the effect of 
Brock's not eligible for the draft. You know what I mean? I, I, I could see that. But then you have a scenario where, like, let's say uh, uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton, by the way, I would put on SmackDown. Let's say Randy Orton is going to wrestle Brock, right? And that match hasn't been signed yet. It has, but let's say it hasn't. Then the story is Daniel Bryan or whoever the general manager is of Raw. I mean, SmackDown and Shane McMahon as the guy in charge of it. They have to hire Brock Lesnar for a fight, right? Who's ever in charge. If you want Brock Lesnar to fight on Raw, if there's a guy who you want Brock Lesnar to fight, then you as the person in charge of your brand need to hire Brock Lesnar to do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I think Brock Lesnar should work, and that's how I think he'll work most effectively. I think you're underestimating one person in this equation. Who? KO. Kevin Owens. And maybe with Orton back, too. Those are two that stand out to me. Because I think Owens plays into great storylines. I think he does, too. I would put Owens... For, I would, here's what I would do. 100%, I would separate Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Well, you got to finish that first. Well, you're still going to have the match at the pay-per-view, yeah. but, you, that, but you don't finish it. You just separate them. And you, it's, it's one of those things where a year from now, maybe. It's irreconcilable differences. You, you just, they're drafted onto two separate rosters, and then whatever, maybe Survivor Series. Maybe they don't, and, and here's what I would do. Separate Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn onto two separate rosters. Vice versa, it doesn't really matter to me. Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, Raw and SmackDown. At Survivor Series put them on opposing teams. Because at Survivor Series, I would hope it's Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for at least one match. So at Survivor Series, they're on opposing teams. So they'll fight at Battleground, and then they don't fight again until Survivor Series. And that's only in an elimination tag. Then after Survivor Series, their fists don't meet again until they see each other in the Royal Rumble match. So you've got this thing mm. where all of a sudden, every time a co-branded pay-per-view comes up, you go, oh, the arch rivals, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, are finally going to get their hands on each other again. Then you may have an amazing wrestle, cross-brand WrestleMania match, potentially. But I would definitely keep them separated, not because I want to kill the story, because I think it would elongate the story. And in the meantime, you have stories for Kevin Owens and stories for Sami Zayn on their own separate brands. But there's always that thing looming in the air that there's unfinished business between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I think that that is going to, that story, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens is a story that needs to be told for the ages. It's a Batman and Joker story. They're just destined to fight forever. And you can't have these guys fighting forever if they're next to each other all the time. If you separate them and they don't see each other that much, then when they do, they can fight forever. And that's what you want, right? Don't you want to see them fight forever? At a, I'm at a point where I'm cool with, let's close this down. See? But that's what you don't want. I don't want, I don't want to be cool because you've seen it so much, right? Correct. Yes. That's why we have to unsee it. Because it's still a great story. But let's unsee it by separating them. I would agree with that. Thank you. Thank you. What else? What else uh, uh, pops in that big brain of yours? I, I was kind of interested to see, give me some more wild cards. Hmm. Whether it is cruiserweight, whether it is some someone from NXT that you think's almost borderline, like remember how we felt when I guess it was both Enzo and Cass and Cruz came up that that whole week was WrestleMania just like, week. full of yeah. surprises. Yeah, 
And Baron Corbin. And Corbin. Right. And by the way, that's oh, that another was a good one. I that's an, I think Baron Corbin can stay on Raw. Because I'm I I am so. If you're gonna bring Baron Corbin into this, then then you're gonna have to go middle. You're gonna have to like bring in Rusev, Look, Ziggler. I have drank so much of the Baron Del Corbin Rio. Kool-Aid. You are, I mean that you're you're putting him on another level right I now. You're gonna put him in main card. I'm so on board with Baron Corbin. I think he's a guy that can be a main heel on Raw. You know, is he ready for the world title? No, 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 no. But he's ready to be something special. He's amazing. He's so good as a bad guy. A lot of people say he's got a long belly button, but I, to me, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I think he's great. I could watch Baron Corbin all the time. I think he's, he's, he's one of your go-to players going forward. I think. I think they're pushing him that way. Uh, I think they should. Um, there have been, you know whose who's name has come up? This is going to surprise you. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins' name has come up as a guy who WWE can trust to work because that's what they want. They're not just looking for, like, guys to come in for the draft who are marquee names. They're looking for guys to come in to the draft who know how to work. Kurt Hawkins knows how to work. When The Rock was wrestling, do you know who trained with him? It was, uh, 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 what's his name from Michael McGillicuddy, you know, uh, yeah. Curtis Axel and Kurt Hawkins. Those were the guys that they flew up to work with The Rock every day on his movie set. You know, those are the guys. Kurt Hawkins knows how to work. He's only gotten better since he was working through the indies. Um, I would, lo- And I was always a Kurt Hawkins fan, you know. So I think it'd be cool if Kurt Hawkins, I read it on the internet, you know, it, it kind of surprised me. But What's, what are the Vegas odds of like a Dalton Castle coming through? Uh, How happy would you be? I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> I would say low. I haven't heard any real rumblings I of want anybody. Something real crazy though. Like I want like a hearty return. I know. I know it's not going to happen. Yeah. But I want something real wild card. I mean, a wild card could be like a Cody Rhodes return. That'd be insane. I don't think it's going to happen. If that's going to happen, then you're going to have to push him on top. Well, here's what would happen. They'd push him on top for a quick second. And then, like, he'd be Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan came back. He was like, oh, my God, Daniel Bryan's back. And then it took him seven years before he was anything, you know? Um, which was unfair, but it's just how it It'd works It'd be great sometimes. to see him come back, though, in that role of, like, a Ms. Maurice and have him come back with a... Brandy? Brandy. Yeah. As a heel? Either way. I don't think you could have him come back as a heel. Either way. People would be too excited to see him. What do you think? I think Ms. Ms. I don't know. Stays on Raw, I guess. I don't they know. They hinted it like, of course, they're hinting at everything. But it, it, there's no going to be split there. With Ms. and Maurice? Yeah. That would make zero sense. sense. I'd be, I would like to If Ms. and Maurice get separated, I promise you something's getting lit on fire. <laughs> I may go, where are they doing the draft? Katie, look up where they're doing the draft. <laughs> Find out where they're doing that draft. Because I need to know. Because I, I, I need. I think it's in Providence, Rhode Island, isn't it? That's not too far. Or Boston. That's not too far. No, we could do that. We can make that drive. To light the building on fire, oh, just in case. Oh, you're going solo. No, Katie will be with me. She will be an accomplice. I will tell you that. <laughs> if that building is on fire anytime near that draft, there's two people you got to question. I do have your back on anything. I will me tell you that. Me <laughs> and Lennon do That'd be so funny. Like, you you really do have my back on everything. That's true. Like, I could see me being like, officer, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't have anything to do with it. And then in a separate you, room, you being like, 
Yeah, we did it. It makes no sense for Miz and Maurice to be separated. I'm like, Katie, you, you're not having my back in the right way. We need the long-term thinking, Katie. Long-term. Not just like, yeah, you don't mess with him. Because if you mess with him, you mess with me. Just remember, in the ultimate scenario of which I had your back is when you ran into a parked bus. I didn't run into a parked bus. I told that driver off. <laughs> she really did. She questioned his belief in, in a higher power. <laughs> <laughs> it was really like for a for a for an amazing good Christian girl to watch you turn around and question somebody's faith. I'm like, yes. Well, you just stood there in awe. Yeah, I was like, she's got this. She's got this. It was and, so angry. And your videographer is in the back seat, like, I just got hired for today. <laughs> I'll take the super shuttle back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, that bus wasn't parked. It ran into me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean. There's there's a lot a lot that could happen with this draft for sure. Uh, people are talking about. Uh, I guess there was just something that happened. Paul Heyman's in the UK uh, doing a I speaking tour, and he had Will Osprey on stage with him. Um, I think Will Osprey has a New Japan contract, which would forbid him from coming to WWE. But who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. What do you think? Do you think Nakamura comes up? Or is he That's st- a good question. Yeah. You know what? I could see. Here's what I could see. Because what they don't want to do is make one show the cool indie show and one show the dork mainstream show, right? <laughs> they don't want to make like 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 SmackDown the Finn Balor show and Raw the Roman Reigns show. You know what I mean? Yeah. No offense to Roman, but it is what it is. I could see a scenario where Shane... Follow me on this. Shane is drafting. He's standing up at the stage. He goes, my next pick. Because do you remember that first draft when it was Ric Flair and Vince McMahon and they were going back and forth with their picks? Mm-hmm. It's fun to show to watch. Really fun show to watch. Like that was the one where like uh, 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 Ric Flair picked Bubba Ray Dudley. And everybody goes, yeah. And then Vince goes, well, my next pick is Devon Dudley. And everybody goes, what? Like it's just fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So can't you imagine a scenario? Where you've got Shane, who's like, my next draft for SmackDown is Finn Balor. And everybody goes, oh my God, from NXT? (gasps) You know, the whole deal. Then it goes to Stephanie McMahon, and she goes, my next draft for Monday Night Raw is Shinsuke Nakamura. And everybody goes, what the hell just happened? So now you got Nakamura on Raw and Finn Balor on SmackDown. I could see it. It's strong. I think it'd be cool to and it'd be cool to watch. It'd be cool to watch them because you're right. That plays into it. What you brought up in the beginning, which is this Shane McMahon Stephanie competitiveness, mm-hmm. and that's where you have that. Now you got Nakamura over here and and Finn Balor over there. Like, because Shane's going to be like, oh, I just you know I'm here for the fans. The fans want Finn Balor on the main roster. Wait till you see this guy. SmackDown's going to be the best. And Stephanie goes, SmackDown's not going to be the best because Raw has Shinsuke Nakamura now. And everybody goes, oh my god. And who knows? Maybe it creates this thing where you could theoretically have at one of the big pay-per-views an interpromotional match between Nakamura and, and, and Finn Balor. Unfortunately, we have not seen that match that's happening on NXT this week at the time of this podcast. Maybe we'll talk about it next week if we get to it with all the draft stuff. But, I mean, that would be huge, and I feel like perfect. Don't you? That's strong. I think so. 
I think so. And that's a great scenario that Nakamura ends up on the main roster. I think there's going to be a lot of that, like, tit for tat, though. Yeah, yeah. To your point. Right. And that's why, like, uh, uh, who knows? They flip a coin. And and, because I think Dean's going to be keep the title and be drafted to SmackDown with the title. So maybe maybe SmackDown's going to get the first pick. And then after that, uh, you know, he's going to pick uh, – Stephanie will pick Roman Reigns because they want Roman Reigns to look good. So he'll be the number one draft pick. If if Roman Reigns is even up for the draft, who knows? They'll have to handle that. Right, right. You know, maybe I don't Rollins know. report will fill us in before then. It's so funny. I love – there's something about it. I love – it's been done to death. It's been done a million and fifty thousand times. As soon as I saw the promo, the promo for the uh, Rollins report, I was like, "Oh, you mean he's going to take an old interview and insert new questions?" <laughs> Literally, as soon as I saw the commercial, I was like, "That's what he's doing." And I was like, "I look forward to this." Yep. You know, I was excited about it. Hands down. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Well, Katie, do we have any? Uh, I'm very excited for the draft. Obviously, very excited for the draft. Do we yeah. have any uh, any closing thoughts? Did we get to everything? Is we there actually, any? I think we got to everything. Good, good. Who do you hope is the Raw general manager? Senor Benjamin. I don't think he's eligible. Oh. Because if he went to WWE, Matt Hardy would find him and delete, delete him. him. Deleted, deleted, deleted. Do you have a pick for general manager for Raw? Vicky Guerrero. She'd be amazing. Vicky Guerrero was a great... That was a very random just segment. pop in? Yeah, I don't think like, so. There was a missing cue of audio or something to conclude that. It was, yeah. just, it was so bizarre. I don't think she'll do it just because I think she wants out of the wrestling business. Um, if Daniel Bryan, if we're presuming he's the general manager of SmackDown, which I think is fair. I also really enjoyed... Do you remember years ago when it was... Uh, they didn't know who the general manager was. And it was just getting text messages. You from enjoyed that? I loved it. That was one. Of, that's because you I, like tech. That was honestly. I, maybe. That was one of the worst, <laughs> worst <laughs> times in pro wrestling. <laughs> you just brought <laughs> up. I would love. Be, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thanks. You just had to end it so everybody hates my thought on. <laughs> Screw you, Sam. Please tweet Katie Linendahl. Screw by, you. by no, the way. No, do not. Be kind. Because <laughs> oh, no, we love no, Katie very, very much. Account. Sam. We love Katie very much. Sam. But please tweet, Katie, your thoughts on Raw's anonymous general manager. Uh, Katie just basically advocated that we bring back the anonymous general manager for Raw. So let Katie know what you think, at Katie Linendahl. But do it with love because we love her very, very much. Yeah, throw in a heart emoji. I value her. And Katie, I always have Katie's back is the thing. That right there (laughs) sums it up. Um, Fantasy land, I hope Raw gets the sheriff back. Remember who the sheriff of Raw was? It's okay if you don't. Uh, give me a hint. I'll get it. It was Stone Cold. Oh. You remember when Stone Cold came back and he was the sheriff of Raw? It was Stone. It, that was during the great. You'll remember it when I tell you. It was during the Stone Cold Eric Bischoff rivalry. Oh. Eric Bischoff was the general manager, but Stone Cold was the sheriff. Oh, I love. I, <laughs> it I wasn't would it go great. For, let's bring back Eric Bischoff. He wouldn't he be awesome? Oh, I, I, hands by the way, down. He and I were tweeting the other day. That's like your equivalent to like a Matt Hardy. Yeah. I want, I want to get him to do the podcast. Dude, that'd be sick. It'd be amazing. We saw him at the Rhode Island. Yes, I think we Wrestling did. Wrestling convention. I think we did. Yeah, I'd love to get Eric Bischoff. I think, I think that's a great pick. I think Eric Bischoff would be a great job. I'm going to change manager. my pick from Vicky Guerrero to Eric Bischoff. I thought your pick was anonymous laptop. No, you 
You pushed me into a corner with that. Does that mean— You hip-checked me and boxed me out. Do you remember what the result of that storyline was? I think it just died. No. There was—they exposed who the person was Was behind— Was it Hornswoggle? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. If only my, like, general knowledge of geography was as strong as wrestling. Yeah. Speak for yourself, actually. You got it right. You got it right. It was Hornswoggle. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep up on what's going on on the draft— Make sure. By the way, uh, anybody who was listening last week and heard the Virgil interview from oh, Sam Aversary, he finally got his Olive Garden breadsticks. You can see the entire two and a half hour Sam Aversary show on YouTube. I put the entire video up, and it really is a really dumb show. So feel free to check it out. Uh, Katie Linendahl has an amazing <laughs> podcast uh, with, unfortunately, no Berserker references yet. You can check her podcast out if you go to www.katie.show or you can go to Katie. You could just type in katie.show on iTunes uh, and find it. Can you also go to iTunes.com slash Katie? That's true. Amazing. Lots of ways to get it. It's very easy to find, and it's a very, very good podcast. So you want to subscribe. Uh, Katie Linnadal on Twitter, not Sam on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you next week. Chasky. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.